Welcome to track number three of Agree on the Way. There is no remembrance of former things. Neither is there any remembrance of things that are to come, of things that shall be done after. Verse 12. Let's all read it together. Ready, go. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek, set out by wisdom, all things that are done under heaven. Amen? Under where? Are we under heaven? All right. So we are looking for things that are done under heaven. Amen? And the sore travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. (laughs) What has God given to the sons of men? Sore travail. Huh? Sore travail. Verse 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun and behold... What? All is what? Vanity and what? Vexation of spirit. Do you believe it? I don't think you believe it. Since that, this is the con. If you read Ecclesiastes, you can easily not. If you don't take care, you can be depressed. But you must understand there's only one, there's a context in which this book was written, and that context is under heaven or under the sun. Always he says, I have seen under heaven, under the sun. It's not a spiritual, there's no spiritual perspective. But the context is that these are things that are done among the sons of men under the sun, under heaven. So that's the context that you have to receive the book of Ecclesiastes in that. It's an analysis of what happens on earth. Assuming there is no God factor even. That's why I say that that which happens to a good man happens to an evil man. Uh, just like a fish is taken in a net, uh, any man can be taken in an evil day. It's like though there is no God. It's like everything is by chance. <laughs> but there is more to life than that. There is a God factor. And that's why he's explained that things that happen under the sun are like this. And he said, I have seen the sore travail, vexation of spirit. If I take you to the word right now. Hallelujah. If I take you to the word right now. And I show you the things that people are experiencing and suffering. And the trials and the pain and the difficulty and the, 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 all over the world, the confusion. You will understand what he said. I saw the sore travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised. That's why we have to turn our eyes upwards. Look at eternal things. And be blessed by the Lord. Amen. He says, that which is crooked. Cannot be made straight. Hmm. You see, <laughs> agree on the way. Oh. Huh? Beloveds are trying to change each other. I want you to change this aspect of your life. You see, you talk too much. You do this. You do this. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. <laughs> a man cannot be made into a woman, and a woman cannot be made into a man. No, I'm just saying this because you need a lot of premarital advice. Let me tell you something. What you are seeing as crooked there. Like I know that's how it's going to be in the marriage. Agree now. If you don't agree now, you will write to me later and say, Bishop, I agree now. What you said was true. How many have realized that some of the things I've told you were true? Huh? <laughs> 
You'll find out. Because I'm not the one saying it. The Lord who is saying it, that's his word. And I have found out in life that you cannot, that is why, you see, even I stopped preaching about leadership. Although you see, I wrote, I wrote a book on leadership. I don't preach about it. You know why? Because if I preach about it, I'll be forced to talk about politics. Because the best examples of leadership, good, bad leadership, is the government. And, and I don't want to speak about them. You understand? I learned long ago that you cannot change the government. You see, even the poverty in Ghana, it cannot go. That's my personal. Don't tell anybody I told you, but just between you and I, I don't think it can go. Oh, yeah. I'm reading from the Bible. It says that which is crooked cannot be made. I don't think in our lifetime or in the next lifetime Ghana will change. I don't think so. Huh? Mission 2020. It's a mirage. There was something by the year 2000. We weren't born last week. Before last week, we were around. Pam's card and whatnot. Ghanaians are worse off today. So me, my energy... Is not to change Ghana. I cannot change Ghana. You, do you understand what I'm saying? I cannot change Ghana. I cannot change Ghana. If I live, I say, if you want to see somebody who has really tried to change Ghana, Jerry John Rawlings, he has tried from the bottom of his heart. That's what I think that he was sincere. You know, that's what I feel. I feel, he, I feel he's probably one of the most sincere presidents we have ever had. He doesn't read notes. He talk to you what he's really feeling. <laughs> he's he's tried. He's tried. He tried. He tried. He really, 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 really tried. He tried, he tried, he tried, he tried, but it wasn't easy. And at the end, the people said, we don't want you, go away. And we don't want the person you are bringing after you, we don't like it. We voted him out. And the votes are getting fewer for them. And if they get the chance, they will arrest him. And if they get the chance, they will take him to prison. If they get the chance, they will execute him. You watch. We are all, we are all Guineans. And you ask yourself, <laughs> you ask yourself that, hey, why should I give my life for a cause that can never be corrected? I mean, why? There's another verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 13. Let's look at it. It's a twin verse. Verse 13. Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? When God has made something crooked, are you going to use your life 
to straighten something that God has designed in a particular way. Although the devil thinks that he's making us poor financially and he's destroying the country financially, God is using it to raise up an army of believers and an army of Christians and an army of pastors. Because if we had not been experiencing this crooked road, eh, we wouldn't have prayed. If our road was straight, we would have been walking and said, there's no God, there's nothing, there's no... But because it's crooked, no. Every time we knock out, we just say, oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. So through that, we have been forced to turn to God. That's why I'm glad that I'm glad that I was, I, I've lived in Ghana all my life. If I'd been brought up in England, I don't think I would even believe in God. Some of the difficulties that we've experienced, you say, who can make that state which he has made crooked? God made women the way they are and, and made us need them, men. So, men, you need a woman. Even though the woman will pepper you, you also need her. And you women, God has made you like afflicities. Going towards the light. You see the bright light and you know that when you touch it, it will burn you. But still, you are flying towards it with full speed. And when you touch it, then you see that, Charlie. It's peppering you. It's not a small thing. So, why would you give yourself to a cause unless God has called you? Why would you give yourself to a cause? A place like Kolibu Hospital. You see, in my days, I would have tried, those days when I was deceived, I would try to change a place like Kolibu. But now, when I see a place, I that it can never change. For the years that I have, I have been out of Kolibu till today, it has not changed. The other day, I was in the labor was like, what is this nasty place? Oh, man. I've, uh, it's getting, I don't know if it's getting worse, but I mean, it's terrible. When one of our pastors died, I was in the ward running here and there, trying to get blood. This when we got when he when we brought him to the place he was dying, when we got him to the emergency room, my brother, in this day and age there was no light. Oh, that's the emergency of the premier, and you wonder why the doctors who work there are so proud. <laughs> You wonder. No light. Then we went to the uh, blood. We took his blood. We went to the lab. No lab man. Because the lights are off. And the lights have been off from about 5 o'clock. It was now about 9 o'clock. Then the man was dying. He was dying. He was dying. Right before eyes. And we needed blood. So we went to the blood bank. No lights. The man said, when the light comes on. So I said, can we call 37 hospitals? We don't know the number. We don't know the number. I remember when I was a, uh, I think I was a house officer. 
or a medical student, I took, I went to our prof. We went to the emergency room, and uh, there was a patient who was have had asthma. The person was dying. They came to the emergency room the night. So I said to the patient, we need this medicine to give an injection now to save the person's life. I said, oh, you write it. They have to go to Kaneshi to go and buy it. So I said, oh, who is going to Kaneshi to go and buy it? He said, give it to the patient to go. To Kaneshi. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, give it to the patient to go. To go and buy it. So I wrote it. He said, yeah, so we don't have any here. And there's none. There's no none in the dispensary. So they should go to Kaneshi to go and buy it. I'm enough feeling to keep the person alive. So I wrote it. And went. So I remember later I was with a prof on the word. I said, prof. It's terrible. It's, uh, you can't change it. That's how it is. <laughs> see, but at that time, when he said it, I thought that no, this man is a very bad man. How can you say you can't change this? You can't change But he has been there for some years. <laughs> he has seen this place. He can never change this place. Who can make that crooked straight which God has made crooked? <laughs> Unfortunately, maybe some of you in some years to come, you say, oh, I'm a, uh, whatever it is. You say, I'm an activist of... Uh, uh, NDC, whatever, MPP, whatever. You are deceived. You are wasting your time. I tell you, like it's a shepherd's camp. That's what I'm. Te- that's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. You're going to spend your time doing politics to change what? Where? Come on. Come on. But what I want to tell you is that if that's what God has called you to do, fine. But if you want something. That is valuable to do. Give that, you see, that energy and that zeal, give it to the Lord. Give it for His work. Yeah. It's because you will still labor. Whether it's this or that, you will labor. If it is politics, this, that, you will labor. But I'll say, give it to the Lord. Give your strength to God. It's an eternal thing. It's better. I say, it's better. Kwame Nkrumah, he was very sad though. Kwame Nkrumah. <sighs> when, they, when he was in Vietnam or wherever he was in the overthrew, he said, what is it that Ghanaians, if it was milk, I could have made milk run in the street like a river. And they threw him out. We don't want you. They stamp on him. Bah! That's nature. And we have gone 45 years have gone by. We are still circulating. Yeah? The minimum wage of a Ghanaian is, is just wonderful. How much is it? It's one dollar now. It's gone up to one dollar. Uh, how much is the minimum wage now? Oh, that's not bad. The last time it was some 50 cents or something. Kufu has also done brought an improvement, oh? I'm going to change this. You are not going to change anything. I'm going to give my life for uh, this course. Uh, give you, I'm, I'm showing you a course. I say, I'm showing you even this one, this gospel that if it wasn't for an eternal thing, it would also be a waste of time. Because people are really some way. Some of you may be very ungrateful to me one day. Yeah, some of you here may be Judas's. 
Because as I'm preaching at the shepherd's camp, the other day somebody came to ask me, he said, I've got a hundred questions to ask you. He said, uh, is it true that uh, this? Is it true that this? Is it true that this? Is it true that this? Then one of the questions he asked, is it true that at the shepherd's camp, you told the people that all of you, I own you? I said, what, what, what is I own you? I, I, don't, I don't remember saying I own anybody. Who do I own? I don't think I own anybody. So I was like, well, what question is that? He said, well, somebody was at the shepherd's camp and said, ah, look. So he says, you know, if you cry, you may be here receiving the word and you go and stand somewhere and say, eh, he said that this and he said that this and he said that that. So if it was because of you, I would not even be here preaching, but it's because of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Because I'll look and say, hey, these people, you don't even know. Yeah. So the cause, as for human beings, you see, one day I, I wanted to work somebody to work for the church. I said, please, can you come and work for the church? She said, what is the work? I said, oh, this and that. She said, well, if the work has to do with paper, cabinet, filing, pens, anything, desk, whatever I can do. But if it has to do with human beings, I don't like that work. <laughs> anything apart from human beings to deal with people. I, I don't want that. Papers and uh, computers and how I can do it. But people, they don't want Amen. Amen. All right. Are you understanding something? It cannot be made straight. And that which is wanting cannot be numbered. And Utre said, the poor, this thing cannot be made rich. Do you see why Jesus said, when they wanted to give him this thing, he said, the poor, you always have them. You you may think, it may sound fatalistic, but you must also know the truth. That for poverty, we will never eradicate it till Jesus comes. We will never eradicate all the inequities in the system. You cannot eradicate it. We have one hope. The hope of this world is the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no humanitarian work which can replace the cross of Jesus Christ. Your schooling cannot replace the cross of Jesus Christ. Your education cannot replace the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing can go in the place of the cross where the dearest and the best was sacrificed. Nothing has the ability to... to, Because when you want to say that, you are trying to say that God was a fool to send his son. It wasn't necessary. He should have given us aid, food aid. He should have given us hospitals and schools and education and water. None of those things can save us. We have had the school and we are still not saved. That's why we need the cross. And that's why God is looking from amongst you, young men, the dearest and the best, who will stand up and say, I will take this cross. I'll take this cross to Wa. I'll take this cross to Begro. I'll take this cross to any town. I'll just send me to wherever you even think I will die. Send me to that place. I will take the cross of Jesus Christ. God is looking for soldiers at this committee. God is trying to recruit you to work for him. He's trying to give you wisdom for you to see quickly. To agree on the way that yes... You can work for God today. And whether you work for God or you work for the devil or you work for whoever, there will be labor. All things are full of labor. And whether you follow this or you follow that, you will never be tired, full up of seeing all the things that you will ever see. So you might as well come to the Lord. Because you will never really end up finding what you want to find. Never. Never. One day I was talking to a man. He said, oh, my daughter. He said, oh, my daughter. With my first marriage. I said, oh, what happened to your first marriage? He said, oh, my wife died. So I felt sad and I didn't feel like talking about it for some. Then I just asked, anyway, what is it like to be married 
to a second person. I asked two people that question. This guy in Ghana asked, what is it like to be married? He said, it's the same. The same. Your eyes will never be full. Your ears will never be full. It's the same. Sister, you think if you are married to me, you'll be the happiest queen on earth. Oh, oh, you may be the saddest girl on this earth. Yeah. I'm married to Jack Toronto and he's not this. He may be married to Jack, whatever. Let me tell you, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. On the cross. On what he has for us. Amen. Let's go on. I communed with my own heart. This is something we need to start doing. We need to start thinking. There's no thinking in the church. We need more thinking. Amen. I communed with my heart saying, Lo, I am come to great estate. And I have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceived that this also is vexation of spirits. <laughs> Yao, Yao, come and Shelly, come. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth grief. Do you know this scripture? No. You've not seen it before? I've read it before. So you are searching for what? Knowledge in what? Architecture. So tell us your experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, after my first semester, I was just 0.27 away from a first class. So um, I decided that, in fact, I will really enter this first class and glorify God in my average, <laughs> as we are normally told. And I worked very, very hard in my second year. In fact, I used to draw sometime between 10 to 13 hours. A day? Yeah, when the jury was approaching. I remember once I drew to the point where, after the jury, I slept almost 12 and a half hours. My roommates thought I was dead. I've mixed a couple of lectures because of that because I'll be having my quiet time and then before I know it's like the fourth period in the day because I was just trying to rest a while, you know, backlog of sleep and all. So I worked very, very hard, in fact, very, 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 very hard. And then at the end, my worst grade for that year was a C. But at the end of the semester, I was told to resubmit my work. I didn't understand why. And then it was on the day of the resubmission, I found out that I had an F with a plus. That was the first time I'd seen a grade like that in my life. I didn't know that you could fail with an excellent like, plus on it. I didn't know. In fact, when I saw it, my feet became wobbly because the, th- those who were in charge of our studio at that time did not tell me what the matter really was and why I had to resubmit. They just said they were not sure of my grade. And in fact, my eyes were welled with tears as I saw my average just come down. Like, I always liking it to when a kite, you know, is torn in the air, how it comes dwindling. And in fact, from that time, I decided in my heart that this thing, I will never chase it again. So I gave myself to the, I remember that time you had come to campus and came to talk about church planting. 
just went into ideas and we just were flowing. Uh, by the time I was finishing the undergrad, my average was even ahead of where it had fallen from. And I was just happy that I had just done something more worthwhile because those people now, I see them when I go there. Yeah. They're telling me how they are also doing follow-up and the people are swerving them and all. And I think it's, it's, it's more of a blessing. It's more of a blessing. It's what I said. You are finishing school. Yes, you are finishing. <laughs> um, architecture <laughs> has been quite tedious, but we work and we work and we go for a jury, and they will tell you that this is a non-starter. You know, you just pull all your works down with tears in your eyes. You haven't slept for days just to finish the work. So, because of that, I realized that <laughs> I can never achieve the highest grade because it's like it's a subjective kind of thing. The lecturers will look and say that this, I think I'll give you a C. You can't get an A. And they all have different opinions because they just have to look at it and decide. I don't like this, so I'll give you a C. I like this, so I'll give you a B. So it's like we toil and we toil and and (laughs) when you finish after six years of school, you do four, uh, four years first degree and then two years and postgraduate diploma. I see, see. I gave my heart to no wisdom and to madness and folly. And I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increased knowledge increased sorrow. And <laughs> at, the four, at the end of the fourth year, it looks like right now we don't even have supervision. So you have to do a thesis. And um, we have just one lecturer overseeing us, and he doesn't even come there because he's the head of department. So we are struggling to do our thesis and pass. And after passing the thesis, which we haven't yet submitted, (laughs) we would have to write um, um, a professional exam. After two years of work, you submit your works that you've done within the two years, and then they will decide whether you are qualified to write or not and even if you are qualified they will also decide like the way they do the juries you i think you come next year you come so that you just strike half and give half and leave the half it's not that you haven't passed but they just don't feel like giving you that's your kind of um, um what is it <laughs> your stamp something that like is you are part of the gia so you write and you pass and before you would be on your own as an architect, you have your own office and recognize. You also have to work under somebody for 10 years. <laughs> if you pass the exam. So I realized that. <laughs> I realized that it's something that they just want to discourage us. So that we, The architects are many, so they just want to cut us down and. It's like, it's just waste of energy and waste of time. All these six, six years, I, I have lost great interest. Waste of life. <laughs> and we have all lost. About half of the class didn't come back for postgraduate. And even now, people are not ready to practice. They want to go and do masters in other things so that they can be comfortable. People have gone into other things. And even after these six years, they'll go and do masters for two years so that they can have something they can enjoy doing. So it's real struggle.
And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceived that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Are you listening? Are you listening? Yeah. So, you see, you, 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 what, what you must know, what you must realize is that, what you must know, what you must realize is that, uh, what you must realize is that just giving yourself to just acquire more and more and more and more knowledge is, you must also know what you are getting. More sorrows, more grief, more vexation of spirits. And so on. So I'm not saying that somebody come and say, when, when they spoke against education, I am not saying that. You see, when you say that, I'll feel like slapping you. I don't know who you are, but I feel like slapping you seriously. You get what I'm saying? And nobody is saying that you shouldn't go to school. You go to school if you have to do postgraduate, PhD, whatever it is that you want to do, do it. But I'm telling you, find out what is the main thing that you want to do in this life. And start early as a young person and follow that thing. If it is architecture, I want to do 10 years, this, that, that's your dream and you have just keep on following it to wherever it is. But those of you who are called to ministry and called to do the work of God and you go and follow other things, thinking that you are going to come back later. Do you understand? I want you to know that um, you are making a mistake because you don't even know how long you will live. Some of you may not live to be 40. Some of you may die when you are 32, 35, 36. Some of you may die even when you are 27. Some of you may die when you are 30, 29. You don't even know. You understand? So if there is something that you have to, there is a time frame on every calling. There is a time on every calling. There is a period. There is a season for everything. That's why Jesus said, my time has not yet come. But your time is always here. You see? So, there is a time. So, even your calling, for me, there is a time. My, my time is running out. Your time is also running out. Don't think you have forever. Yeah. You understand? God has called you. This is it. This is it. Follow the call. Because you know now. So, follow the call. Don't think that there is something. And don't think that you are too good. That too good feeling is what must go out at this time. That you must know that it's the dearest and the best that the Lord will get. And the dearest and the best is not meant for Barclays Bank or for Standard Chartered Bank or for what other place. No, no, no. Some private company or for some whatever. No. The dearest and the best is meant for the Lord Jesus Christ. The dearest and the best. So if you are here and you think you are the dear, how many think you are the dearest and the best? Uh, <laughs> You are meant for the Lord. Hallelujah. Alright. You may go back to your seat. Thank you. You can sit down if you want to. But I think you enjoy standing. Oh, So you can keep standing. You enjoy standing but you are all sitting. Chapter 2. So I said in my heart, go to now. I'll prove thee with meth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. <laughs> when you see people say, hey, you are enjoying. Oh. 
You know, one day I went for a pastor's meeting and I sat with a pastor and I put the, my mobile phone down. He said, hey, you are enjoying, you, you, you have a mobile phone. I said, oh. You see, now you all have mobile phones, so you don't think it's any, but at that time, mobile phones were, this was about four years ago, five years ago, mobile phones were not as, as common as they are now. Now everybody has a mobile phone. So you, you can see that, what is enjoyment about holding a mobile phone? He said, hey, your, your church is like, a, it's like you just have everything. You just have your mobile phone. You see, these are like toys to you. Said, what, what is the mind thinking about? You see, when you are in that so-called pleasure that people are saying, they say, are desiring, you realize that it's not, you that you are in, you know that it's nothing. But those outside are thinking that, hey, Charlie, the guy, they enjoy power. But you look and you say, what is this? It's nothing. What is the enjoyment about mobile phone? Is, is it no more bills? Huh? Less sleep. People calling you. <laughs> You're just holding it, but no calls. <laughs> I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself to wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under heaven all the days of their life. How many want to know what to do under heaven all the days of your life? All right. And I made me great works, notice so. And I builded me houses, and I planted me vineyards. And I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees. Huh? In them all kinds of fruits. And I made me pools of water. To water there with the wood that bringeth forth trees. And I got me servants. How many have servants? Most of you don't have servants. You are the servants. Is that not so? But the man had servants. This is what you are also praying for. I see you having servants. Hey, your amen is very strong. Oh. I got me servants and maidens, and I had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle, above all that were in Jerusalem before me. And I gathered me also silver and gold. That is, I had savings. How many want savings? How many, your savings are zero. Raise up your hand. Your savings are zero, zero. Nothing, cost 90. most of us don't have anything and as you are here you see if i ask the church you see you people don't know though you are students you think you are you don't have anywhere if i ask the church how many of you have mobile phones not so many have but more of you have mobile phones it's like a normal thing for you do you see everything you have everything Huh? That you think you don't have. And you've gathered. So you think that when you finish school, you will have savings. When you finish school, you wouldn't have any savings in life. Huh. Anyway, I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. And I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great. And increase more. How many want to be great? I see you becoming great. 
and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. And also my wisdom remained with me. Verse 10. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. <laughs> Solomon, it wasn't easy. Oh. Whatsoever my eyes desired, I did not keep it from me. He says, I withheld not my heart from any joy. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought. That is his gardens, his orchards, his days, his that, everything, serpents. And on all the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity. In other words, all was useless. And vexation of spirit. And there was no profit. Where? Under the sun. For that I can assure. This thing is true. Heaven and earth will pass away. But you see, and Jesus, Jesus acknowledged that Solomon was wise. You see, the reasons why some of the books were chosen for the Bible, one of the reasons was that Jesus would make reference to them. So when Jesus made reference to them, they were accepted as authentic books. So somebody may question whether this thing is, 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 is it proper scripture or not. It is real scripture. And one of the reasons that Jesus made reference to Solomon and to his wisdom. He said, even Solomon in all his wisdom was not clad like one of these flowers. So Jesus himself acknowledged that Solomon was very wise. And, and God allowed him or either God allowed him or he went to great extents which some of us will never be able to go to. Look at these 60 something girls here. For one man here. And you already feel the tension that is too much. Tell me. It would not be easy. I mean if you had all these 60 girls in one home. Huh? Yeah you get a timetable and you go amongst them. You say like you even to choose. So what is the basis of choosing amongst them? What, 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 what is the reason? How do I? And he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. 1,000. And you see, he came to the conclusion that it's useless. Are you there? Verse 12. And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king? Even that which has been done already. What can you do? Everybody, what can you do? That which has been done already. Yeah. Can I have an amen? Yeah. What can you do? That which has been done already. Alos. What can you do? That which has been done already. That's what you can do. That which has been done already. Churches have been started already. You can also start a church. Missionaries have been sent. You can also be missionaries. Pastors have worked full time for the Lord. You can be full time. People have come out of school and have become pastors. You can also be. What can a man do that has, what can a man do with himself? That which has been done already. When I look at my life and my ministry, I realize that I'm, you see, when I, when I look at the way I preach, 
and books are being written. And most of the time, I'm training pastors. It's like a constant Bible school. Although we don't call it a Bible school. That's what Kenneth Hagin does. He has his Bible school and he's training pastors all the time. So I realize that the anointing, I don't even call it, I'm not even intending to, but I'm actually training people all the time for the ministry, for the work of God, for the ministry, for the work of God, for the ministry. So it's actually it's like I'm running not even a church, but a Bible school. In fact, I'm more of a Bible school person than a church person. Yeah, Tuesday service and all, most of the time is more oriented towards you know, training people, training people, training people, training, training, training for the work of God. And what am I doing? I'm doing that which has been done already. Already been done. Already been done. It's been done. What can you do? What, what has already been done? You can do. You know, I'll tell you, if you want to know what to do, eh, don't think too far. Don't think of any high far. If you like, even you can choose one person. See, all these different things, they are different pieces of wisdom for whoever you are. You can choose one person and say, I'll be like this person. That's all. I'll just find out what the person does and I'll do it. What the person did and I'll do it. I'll follow that person. That's all. This is what I would like to. Because really all you will do is what has been done. And some of you may follow the things that a fool did without knowing that you are following the things of a fool. And me, without even knowing it, I, I have found out. In fact, it's just recently that occurred to me that I'm actually standing in an anointing just like Kenneth Hagin, finding myself training pastors. Because the church, real things to preach to a church even, I find myself, if I'm even writing a book or doing something like that, I find myself not so interested in you know, talking to church people about how to be rich and how to do this and, and marriage. And I, I don't know, but I don't enjoy such that. I, I want to talk about the work of God and to just go into the real work. It's, it's, it's almost, I don't know whether it's, it's natural or it's become something that is in me. You get what I'm saying? And without realizing, I followed somebody. And that is the reality. You will do what has been done already. Receive the wisdom. What should I do? Do what has been done. What should I do? Do what has been done. Don't deviate. Don't take the course of a fool. Because fools have already manifested. Your type, fools just like you and wilder than you have come by, by. Just recently they came by. Walking on the road of a fool. <sighs> Choose the better path. Choose the path of life. Choose the path of the cross. Choose the path of the cross. The old rugged cross. I said the old rugged cross. Choose the cross. Choose the cross. Give you your dearest and your best time of your life. The best of your life. The best. Where you have energy. Where you have life. One of my friend's pastors. They cut off his leg. Just last week. A normal person moving around. They cut off his leg after above the knee. I tell you. I tell you. The beginning of the end. I just look at it and when I call him, I keep it here, don't tell me, there's a sword, there's a sword, there's a sword. It's not going, they have admitted him. I said, what is it? They are trying to save the land. They don't want to cut, they don't want to cut. They, they said the whole thing is spreading, it's becoming black, 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 black. No. They have to cut it off. The pastor, now with one leg, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be as it was when there were two legs. Why don't you give him your dearest and your best? Which days are you going to give to him? The days of your uselessness, the days of your, of your being nothing, the days when you are finished and the days when it's over. Give him the best and the dearest of your life. Give him your thinking. 
your intelligence, your drive, your zeal, your ability, your organizational capability. Bring it into the house of God. Give that one to God. The best and the dearest. Don't wait for anything else. Don't wait for anything. Choose the path of a fool. Fools have passed by. Wise people have passed by. You are going to follow one of them. Choose one and follow. Say, this is the way I want to go. Hallelujah. The dearest and the best. This is also vanity. Then, verse 13. Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. I myself perceive also that one event happeneth to them all. Uh-huh. Notice, he said, the wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. When you are a fool, you will walk in darkness. Light, you see the, the, the word brings light and takes you out of darkness. Darkness is deception. And as you have the word more, if you have the word in you, you see the books that I've written, let me tell you, Although you read many other books, if I'm your father and mother in the ministry, you will understand my books best and easily. Not because I'm the best writer, but because to you, I am your f- a father to you. Uh-huh. Not because I'm the best writer, but to you. It's just like your mother's breast milk. All the ladies here have got breasts. Do you understand? All of you have got breasts. But there's no milk in your breasts. There's no milk. Your breast is, before you become pregnant, your breast is made up of just fat, adipose tissues. It ha- there's no milk. Even the milk glands are not developed. And when you become pregnant, then the milk forming glands now begin to grow. And even at a point before they start producing milk. So your breast is just fat. But when it, and, and you see, God stimulates the mother. To prepare to feed what is in her spirit, in her, in within her. And she's divinely prepared to feed what she has brought forth. So as soon as she brings forth, a supernatural thing happens. The breast which has been dry for all these years, now is spouting with milk. Because God has prepared you to feed what you brought forth into this world. God has prepared every pastor to feed what he has brought forth. If I brought you forth into the ministry, God has prepared me to feed you. Open your mouth wide and listen and hear and receive. Because God anointed me for you. God didn't anoint me. Everybody is anointed for some people. God anoints people for people. That's why he said, he told the parable, a certain man made a vineyard and he sent someone to come there. Do you understand? To come and uh, minister to them. And they killed him. They sent another one, they beat him. He sent another one, they beat him. Then he sent his son. He sent the dearest and the best. And they destroyed him. God sends a series of people to your life. And it's up to you to open your heart and receive the series of people. And it will be a blessing to you. So receive. 
Because it's a divine thing. It's natural. It's the best for you. It's not the best for the whole world. I'm not anointed for that. There are a lot of people who can't receive. They don't understand. They are not whatever. But you are prepared for that thing. You understand? So it's the best. So the wider you open your mouth. In fact, when somebody is teaching you and feeding you, and the person is your father, you understand? Do you know what it means? You must open your mouth wider. Recently, the Lord was speaking to me about someone. He said to me that I should receive that person as a father. So suddenly, even though I had been enjoying all his materials and so on, the Lord made me open my mouth wider. It's like now anything that he has and now anything that he says to is good to me. <laughs> but before it wasn't like that. But now I just receive everything. Come on, when you are a baby, do you say, I, I don't like, I like the milk from the left one. I don't like the milk from the right one. Uh, no, okay, can I have some uh, 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 SMA? No, I like SMA gold. I don't like, you can't even open your mouth to talk. If you are really a child, you don't, your mouth cannot even be open. And how come you, you are now being selective. When I preach this, you say, okay, yeah, this one that Bishop says, but you know, these things where he says that I don't have whatever it is. You are not a child. You are something else and you cannot enter into certain things because of that. It's true. How come you have the ability to now, when I preach, you are now analyzing the preaching. You are now sharing that. says, you know, this one is, you know, when he's tired, he starts talking like this. So when he's this, he says this. So, you know, these are the things that he talks about. Hey, Bishop, he likes this thing. Uh, hey, as a bishop, when he's talking, uh, he reaches a place that he starts, when he goes to those, you know, what, what is this? <laughs> it is his temperament. Then he's like this, so this and that. You are in error. Become a child. Except you are like a child, you cannot enter. I said, you cannot enter. So many things, you'll be outside of them because you cannot enter. You enter as a child. You don't enter as a big man. The door is very short. The door to the ministry, the door to God, the door to everything is a very short door. Only children enter. As soon as you are big, you'll be outside playing chaskeleo, passing the ball and ushering others in. But for those who actually go through, it's a short door. Only children enter. I said, only children enter. Yeah, you have to be like a child. That's why it's somebody like Benny Hinn who received that healing anointing from Catherine Kuhlman. Because he was like some Palestinian person who doesn't really speak English well and who does a very funny accent and he's not a proper American. And he became like the child. All that Catherine Kuhlman said was all that he knew. That's why he became that person. But the big, big Americans, and that's why none of them. Look, I was in America last year. And I saw Benihina. When I, I said, I have never seen fear and respect that I saw in the American pastors. All these white men for Benihina. Oh, yeah. That's why Miracle Ministry is a very important ministry. I, I, thought, I was very surprised. Mike Murdoch, this man on TV, and uh, Paul Kraut, all of them were there. I was sitting with them on stage. And I said, the way the people fear him in the system, eh? I saw that, yeah. Anointing is speaking. They are Palestinian stamina who has come to dominate all of them there. All of them, pastors from the town and everybody, the whole place was, they had to send people away. The first day of the crusade, he didn't even come. Then he was tired. The whole place was full. No, no, not the first day, the second day. In the morning, we were there full up. Oh, we waited. Uh, he's sleeping. <laughs> he didn't come in America. <laughs> (laughs) 
Why did God give that thing to him? Because his, his door is short. Tell somebody the door is very short. The, the height is uh, one foot, two feet. <laughs> it's short like that. Big people don't go through. I said, people, big people don't go through. That's why you see you, I can talk with you. Some of you receive what I'm saying. Till so maybe certain troubles start happening to you, then you stop receiving. But at least for now, you are receiving. Because you are small in your own eyes. You are nobody in your own eyes. You are young in your own eyes. So you are receiving. You get it? And so you can enter. Sometimes you people will come and gather around me. I'll be talking to people. And sometimes I see my older pastors who have been with me. Sometimes they will come. I'll be talking with them. Then they'll just walk away. Because they are not really interested in what I have to say. Because they are quite big in life. Now some of you are not yet that big. (laughs) So you are down there like that. So you see that you'll be coming. That's how come you may rather enter to certain places. And others may not enter. So may you always be small in your own eyes. That's the rebuke that Saul was given. He said, when you were small in your own eyes, I called you when you were small in your own eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's read on. Are you getting wisdom? Then I said in my heart, as it happened to the fool, so it happened even to me. (laughs) Why was I then more wise? Are you there? Verse 15. Then I said in my heart, This is also vanity. For there is no remembrance of the wise more than the fool forever. Seeing that which now is in the days to come shall be forgotten. And how died the wise man? As the fool. You see, under the sun, under the sun, in the context of under the sun, it is true. The rich, the wise, the naturally wise, and the naturally foolish. If Princess Diana was supposed to be a wise person in the natural, she died as a fool dies. And they've all been put into the ground as a fool and a wise. They are all one and the same. But eternity is what will distinguish. Verse 17. Therefore I hated life. (laughs) Therefore I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun. Because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored. And wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. Listen. Are you there? Do you remember when Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Uh-huh. We see, he was not depressed. He was not sad. He was saying the truth. To live and there is only one purpose to live. And that reason to live is not to advance any kind of cause. Except the cause of Christ. It's not worth to advance any personal cause of yours. Except the cause of Christ Jesus. That's why he said at the end of therefore I hated life. I hated all my labor. And that's why I also turned away. I turned away 
to Christ. To only Christ. Only Christ. Not myself and Christ. Only Christ. God is calling you today to turn away to Christ only. Turn to Christ only. Let this be a turning point in your life. Turn away. Turn away. Turn away from your life. You see, you know what you have to turn away? Not from the devil, but from your life. From your plans. And turn away to God. For your, your, your life. Otherwise, you see, at the end of the day, you will say it like this, man. Therefore, I hated life. Therefore, I hated all, my, all the things I have said. Even me, look at me. Supposing I die now. And if it was not an eternal, I, I just, look, when, when I had the accident in Tamale, I saw it was useless. Everything. Look, when my father died, I tell you, I saw the uselessness of everything. All that my father labored, he built hotels, he built houses, he built this, he that. He left it for us. And it's useless. You just have to leave it. You just have to go. You just have to go and leave everything. Those who built all, they are all dead. They just have to go and leave. Whether we are fools, whether we are... So, nothing physical is worth... It's not worth doing things for this earthly... What do you call it? Why do you think Jesus' ministry, why do you think Paul's ministry had eternal value? Because they didn't do anything to try to do something physically on this earth. But eternally. And it's only the eternal things that have lasted. Even in the ministry. I am building now in your life. That's what I'm preaching to you. Actually, this is more important than any building project that is going on. You may not know. For the buildings, let me tell you something. Most big church buildings are empty. Don't tell anybody I told you. It's between me and you. Most big church buildings are empty on Sunday mornings. Go around and have a look. The big structures that have been built, mostly they are empty. Mostly. It's amazing. Huh? It's amazing. Whether it's Anglican, Methodist, Charismatic, in America, all over. Look, I've preached in many, many churches. Most of the big churches are empty. The church that I was ordained, this time when I was in London, I told Pastor Richard, please take me to wherever. I was ordained in 1990, 2nd of December. I said, take me there. I want to see my church. I know that the pastor is no more there, but I want to see. When we got there, the church has been removed. They have put barriers around. They are building a supermarket. My church building is a supermarket. Where I preach, where I play drums, where I play the piano, where I learned how to do ushering, where I attended church, where I grew up, where I was ordained. And the first church ever, I think it was the first church where I preached in London. It's no more. But the people who the pastor trained, like me, I'm still around. And others are still around. But the building is gone. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? <laughs> so the physical things, you see, you, you, if you don't, you will hate it after you work all your life for those things. You will hate it. You hate I hated my labor. I hated life. I hated all these things that I had given my life to do under the sun. But you will love the things you have done eternal for eternity. Look at Paul. The churches that he built. Even at the end of his life, most of them were, uh, 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 what do you call it? Castaway churches. 
Look at Turkey. That is where Ephesus and these places are. Turkey, the only country in the world which has an Islamic thing in the flag. Islamic sign. Huh? <laughs> that is the that is where Paul built all his church. Oh, what? All those things are gone. Even the buildings. I've been to Jerusalem. They have a church building where Jesus was born. Church building and Solomon's temple is gone. They built a mosque there. Because Jerusalem was overrun by Muslims and different groups of people all through the ages. So everybody who can't build what he believes in at the same place. And the last group that built is the Muslims. And nobody can move it after now. So one day they'll blow it off from there. And build another temple. But I tell you, my dear friend. The physical things we do have no lasting value. The churches that we build, the buildings have no value. But the people, the people, they will be there. Smash down the whole church, but the people will be there. And that is why God is calling you to do eternal things. That is going to last. But the physical things that you do, you will see them decay before your very eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Akidele, why will you give your life to build something physical? Huh? Why? Why? You don't believe? You don't believe after all the preaching? A thousand sermons? Why will you give your life to build something else? Yeah. Why will you give yourself even to build your life? Your life which is so temporary. What day will your kidney say, I won't work again? I won't work. And the day that your liver says, I don't, or a part says, I will grow more than anywhere, which is called cancer. Cancer is selfishness in the body. A part decides to grow irrespective of what happens. The breast says, I will get big. I don't care. I will grow. I don't care where it grows. I'm doing my own, having my own crusade, my own program, my own everything. (laughs) Huh? What would you say? Why are you trying to build your life? Build for the Lord. For me to live is only one thing. Christ, one. To die is gain. Can you get to that point where you say, if I die now, it's better? Huh? Who can get there? Most of you wouldn't like to die now. It's, oh Lord, 80, 70, 50 years to go. But if you can get to the place where you say, to die is gain. It's, it's even beneficial. I'll be excited. You'll be at a higher level. As for Solomon, in fact, it's very sad when you read all these things. Verse 20. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. There is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is a vanity and a great evil. For what man, verse 22, of all his labor and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun, for all his days are sorrows and his travail grief, yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. Huh? Notice, for what man of all his labor and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun, for all his days are sorrows and his travail grief, yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. Working, working, working. Verse 24. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink. 
and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat or who else can hasten hereunto more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight. Wisdom. Are you receiving wisdom today? Knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail. To gather. To heap up. That he may give it to him that is good before God. This also is vanity. And vexation of the spirit. <laughs> huh? Those of you who God doesn't like, He is going to send you on a journey to gather and to heap up that you may give it to Him that is good in God's sight. <sighs> to gather and to heap up heaps of prosperity to give to us. And it will pain you when you are giving it to. But you will still give. Catherine, sing that song for me again. Hallelujah. 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 God give it to a man that is good. I see God giving to good people something important today. Hallelujah. Then he said something. That struck me. He said, when I look at Reverend Saki and Pastor Eddie and all of you, you are all so happy. You are different. He said, you are happy people. You are just working and you are happy in life. He said, we don't have that here. We don't have that. God give it to a man who is good in his sight, knowledge, wisdom, and joy. The knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. He gives you joy. Because, you see, we are happy. We don't have everything, but we are happy. We are very happy. We, we, we live every day for the Lord. We have good friendships, good families, good everything. God has given us joy and wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom to see, to understand, to perceive, to relate with all these things. He has given it to us. And joy as well. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy, I say, look, I was, as I was coming out of Europe, I told the people, I said, be happy. Be happy. People are praying to be here. You are not happy. When I do fundraising, when I go to England, I do fundraising. You see that five pounds, ten pounds, not easy. Oh. You see doctors who have worked there for years. They, they cannot give even 500 pounds. They've worked and 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 worked. Say 100 pounds. You'll be calling 100 pounds, 100 pounds, 50 pounds, 50 pounds, 20 pounds. Oh, ten pounds, five pounds, one pound. You see them coming. Oh, man. God gives them to gather and to heap up that he may give it to him that is good. Are you good in God's sight? God is trying to give you wisdom and knowledge and joy. Knowledge. Not just knowledge, but wisdom. How to live. How to pass the test in this life. Receive wisdom. Receive the books. All those books at the back there. Read every day. Be reading every day. Add to your knowledge. Add to your wisdom. Let there be knowledge and wisdom. And joy is going to come into your life. When I started working for the Lord. Years ago. It's not the church that you see. When I stood in Kolebu a couple of days. And I looked and I saw that. I was surprised. I what tall buildings are these. That is not how it was. We started our church in a stable. In a stable we had our office. 
my father's table where he used to have panorama club blondie and other horses they were all that that was where we turned into a place as an office that's where we had ministry meetings in a stable with benches I mean, when I say a stable, I mean the room that the horse sleeps in. That is what I mean. I don't mean the yard. I mean the room. And I can still show you. If you I can show you where it is if you want to. I'll show you when, when you're driving by. You can see that stable. We turned it into a place for ministry meeting. When I sat in the office, in the room, with Reverend Saki, on our first, one of our first days of full time, I painted my father's old desks. And my father told me, Dad, be careful. This church... When you use all my things, <laughs> one day they will say that you have taken the church money. See, the church doesn't have anything, and I use all my father's all my father's furniture, metal furniture, very expensive. I turn it on, and we sat there. Here we are now. We are full time. You look like a fool. I sat here, Reverend Saki sat there, and I said, Reverend Saki, what are we doing here? You know, what are we doing? What is wrong with us? I tell you, it's, it's, it's a step, oh. but we took the step, and we have joy, we have wisdom, we have others are gathering and heaping. From time to time, we go and then harvest. <laughs> Life is wonderful, but you see, God is trying to take your mind on a journey. Start thinking, start agreeing now. If you don't, even if you don't believe all that I am saying, you don't believe what Solomon is saying, you don't believe what Jesus is saying, life itself will show you. Life itself will show you. He wants the best of you. I don't know who the best are. The best of you should stand up. The best, the very best amongst you should stand up. And then the dearest must also stand up. The dearest. The dearest and the best. The dearest and the best. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I dearest and best for a world of lost sinners were slain and I'll cherish the old rugged cross until my trophies at last I
lift your hand, I will cherish. And I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Yes, Lord. Until my trophies at last I. Solomon didn't have the cross. That's why he said, therefore I hated life. Therefore I hated life. He said, therefore I hated all of my labor which I took under the sun. Because the cross was not there to make meaning to all this life under the sun and under heaven. And that's why I would cherish the cross. You see, the cross is different from education. It's different from any other human attempts to modify this life and improve this life. Only the cross makes a way for us and gives us access to a place where life can become meaningful. That's why Solomon said, I hated it. I hated all my labor. Everything I had done and all my achievements, it was so bad. I hate those useless. I cherish it. And I'll cherish the old rugged cross until my trophies at last I lay Lord and exchange it someday for a crown. Sing it from the beginning and again. On a hill, On a hill far away, so far away, stood a old rugged cross. The cross is going to be popular again. The preaching of the cross is going to become the main preaching again. And the very best. Oh, not a second class and a third class option.
Yeah.